Welcome back again to another episode of Nothing to Fear, the weekly podcast all about horror movies. My name is Billy Schultz. I am your host, and I'm joined once again by Luke Mason and Alex Wan. And how are you this fine uh, evening, Alex? Well, I'm so good. I got a haircut today, so yeah, I'm feeling fresh AF. It's so fresh AF. <laughs> um, I think, like my barber, he was really excited to cut hair. <laughs> Um, he, he went at it with such a vigor that like I came out even fresher than I ever could have. This was like better than better than the last one you got when you were just miserable. I remember the last haircut you got, you just like moped the whole time well, yeah. after because he went way too short. No, okay, so <laughs> kind of off topic, but a funny story. Okay, so the, this was I think this was back like like six six seven months ago, and I went in for a haircut and I said, "Can I get a number one comb over?" Which is what I'd normally get. And he misheard me, and he thought I said number one all over. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he, you normally, like, they start on the, the backs or, like, the sides, and then you can kind of catch when they're about to, like, get to the very top. Nope, my <laughs> man, he went straight at the top, like, right at the top, all the way down immediately, like, right away. His first oh, I remember move. that haircut. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> right away, it was like, there's nothing I can do. But th- I'm, I'm liking this haircut a lot more. Yeah, it's, it's what great. I wanted. All right, uh, thank you for the haircut check-in. Luke, how are you? Well, okay, I got to say... <laughs> Thank you, Alex. One of the saddest parts about this being a purely audio medium for our listeners is right now you can't see how fresh Alex looks. His hair is uh, fresh out of the barber, I would say. It's even still got like kind of that swoop that you get from their fingers having been the last ones to go He's through. He's probably us. got little tiny hairs in his like shirt collar yeah. that like, are a little bit yeah, annoying I'm so itchy. itchy right now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, it's the listener's loss right now that they can't see how good you true, look, True, Alex. true, true. Anyway, Luke, how are you doing? Uh, I'm good. Yes, I am well. I, uh, I had to work early today and uh, it was fine because I'm done now. Yes. <laughs> so I, yeah, I am also fine. Um, I'm a little bit nervous. Today, we're watching what is uh, supposed to be an actually scary movie on like the three pretend scary movies. Um, and uh, so we are actually watching Insidious today, a movie of which I um, shockingly know <laughs> nothing about. I don't... I think you told me it came out in 2010. Uh, I don't know the plot. I don't know any of the the story. I know there's maybe three of them. I think there might be four. A fourth one came out four? last year or 2018. I just remember seeing the like a poster for. My cat is making some background noise. This is gonna happen. We're recording in my apartment today. Um, but I remember seeing a poster for the third movie in the Insidious, and I was really mad that they didn't call it Insidious. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, but I still think they put a three like in the word. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but yeah, I don't know what mo- what this is about. Um, I'm fairly certain it's not a fan-made film from the Star Wars universe about Darth Sidious, <laughs> but I could be wrong, and I live in a little bit of hope. Uh, um, but not that much hope. Yeah. So. Well, I, I can give a little context for Insidious. Um, Alex and I have seen it together, but it um, I think after we've done a few of these episodes... It was like, okay, it's time to watch one that will actually be scary for Billy. <laughs> that was that's priority number one at this point in the podcast. Yes, I uh, guess it's something trying to scare me, even though the name and, of this podcast would belie that fact. Yes, <laughs> if nothing else, then for our entertainment. <laughs> yes, uh, I'm fully prepared to hide behind my fingers and uh, do what that. Um, what that one girl at the group home the other day did when she was watching a horror movie, right, was just right, like right. knees to like chin <laughs> yeah. and just like ready to go. Ready to hide him if needed. Ready to hide. Yeah. I'm like excited, but like mm. really nervous about it. Yeah. So 
I'll give you a Cole's notes. Insidious is 2010, uh, directed by James Wan, written by Lee Winnell, who is the guy who wrote at least the first Saw movie, mm. uh, maybe the first two, I think, even, and then also the Conjuring franchise. Didn't so, he do a recent one, too? Like a, yeah. a Netflix one or but something? But I can't remember which. Uh, but he's kind of, I would put him in the category of like the modern horror geniuses, right? Like he's, mm, he's a, he's okay. a modern horror guy, like post 2000. So last 20 years, his name has got to be right up there with anybody else who's been making good horror movies. I, even I've heard of Lee Winnell and mm-hmm. I, I, again, complete newbie to the horror franchise and I've yeah. heard his name bandied about. And enjoyably enough, he often cameos in his movies and he actually has Ooh. a relative, he has a fairly important role right. in this he was the movie main too. guy in the first saw right yeah wow. one of the main guys i in guess the first that's saw. spoilers for saw uh if you haven't seen it and we haven't watched it well, yeah. he's the actor right <laughs> yeah he's he's an actor in saw he is an and he's actor an actor in this movie too whoa oh, so yeah, anyway that's right he is in this so movie. anyway um insidious well i remember i went to go see this movie in theaters in 2010 and i think the reason why i suggested this movie when we talked about okay let's do a modern one that will be very scary <laughs> to billy is this was um this was the, I, I've talked about this before. This was the first horror movie I ever remember watching where I thought that was actually a good movie. Not just a good horror movie, but I was like, that was a well-made plot. The acting was great. The story, the, the supernatural or the uh, horror element was creative and new and something that I hadn't, I, I'd heard of before, but I'd never seen in a movie before. And the monsters are great. And I am very excited to tell you, Billy, that there was a scene in the theater that scared me so bad I couldn't even scream. It was like that moment of like, (gasps) like I was so terrified by what was happening that, um, but, but I will tell you this too. This movie's also a little bit funny. Okay. There is definitely comedy in this movie, which I think adds to why I I would call it a good movie. And I know you've seen it too. So without any spoilers, Alex. Yeah. Um, I don't remember the comedy parts, honestly. <laughs> well, well, they're fewer than the horror parts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do remember. Yeah, when when I watched it with you, you like everything, everything that you had said just now is what how you kind of like introduced me to the movie, oh, of it being an actual good good movie. You're gonna have to redo this because you were definitely gonna get. Sorry, uh, this could be cut out or not, but. Uh, my cat is like roaming about the apartment. I should maybe put him in my bedroom, but he is—he's not following very good podcast etiquette. <laughs> yes. Uh, anyway, he's trying to get into a bag now. Uh, folks, Alex is gonna vamp a little bit, and I'm gonna go put him in the bedroom. And uh, yeah, you keep talking. Keep okay. keep going. Keep going. All right. So um, the other day. <laughs> no. Oh, about talk, talk about the, Oh, the relevancy of this. I thought you wanted me to stall for time, as you were putting your cat away. Which you know I can do. Uh, I've been known to be able to filibust, you know, a couple couple minutes <laughs> here and there. You could talk about the movie. I could talk about the movie, but you know what? My job is done. Billy is back. <laughs> Jesus Christ, what a mess! Uh, can you tell I'm really not excited to watch this movie? <laughs> um, okay, go back to your point. Okay, uh, sorry, listeners. All right, so uh, my thoughts on the movie. Uh, yes, the first time I watched this was with Luke. I think we watched it like a year or so or two ago. Um, and yeah, everything that you told me about about the list, like what you just said about the movie, about it being an actual good movie, um, I think it holds true. When I when I finished watching it, I was I was scared. Um, it was it was pretty scary. Uh, I did really like it though. I thought you know, um, like from what I remember, is like the plot made sense. Um, it wasn't like we talked about. You know, I think the two leads, Patrick Wilson and Rose Byrne, do such a good job 
and it's a horror movie where the lead characters make decisions that, that are believable. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. you're like, oh, okay. That's I can I can suspend my disbelief more for the craziness that's going on because the adults are acting kind of like adults will. Yeah. Given their circumstance. You can okay. you can relate to them and it's 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 like I, I think that like when we I, I think we talked about this a lot in the previous episodes as well, about like, you know, a believable world or what the characters would do. And this is one that they are they do what you would do and that kind of immerses you in the film even more and i think that's what made it really good all right and there's tension and monsters both well i would say i am two out of ten looking forward to this right now um i'm really nervous but i am excited to to um you know be a little bit spooked and to write notes down and then talk through my trauma about it afterwards so that's what we're here for billy we will we will uh take a quick break you'll hear the trailer for insidious um here and then when we come back we'll be discussing it uh in full spoiler detail all sorts of twists and turns so if you haven't seen insidious now's your chance to pause the podcast watch it really quick and then join us for the second half um but yeah we'll see you in a minute i went into dalton's room there was something in there with him. I know someone who can help. We took Trifield and EMF readings of the whole house, wiring, alarm clocks. I don't think bad wiring is the problem here. I want to leave. I want to leave this house. What is it? It's not the house that's haunted. It's your son. Okay, and we're back. We've just finished watching Insidious, and um, I'm not going to beat around the bush. The movie's fucking scary. It's a scary fucking movie. Right up until the very end, when it stopped being scary and started being like ridiculous. But we'll get into it. I think you should go first. You think I should go first? Yeah, because okay, I okay. have a pretty established opinion on this movie. Yeah, like okay. a couple shifting from seeing it again, but I'd like to hear your fresh take. Okay. Okay. So I'm disappointed that it wasn't about Darth Sidious at all. Um, <laughs> it was about Darth Maul, right? It was about Darth Maul. Okay. So, yes, it was, it was scary. There was a lot of very tense moments and a lot of very creepy moments in this movie. Um, there was way less gore than I thought, but I think, the gory horror movie is like a product more of the eighties and nineties. And this one being 2010 movie, I realized that we didn't read the synopsis from our favorite website, wikipedia.org. Oh, okay. Um, so I might have to go back and do that, but I I'm in the middle of a train of thought. So here, here it comes back around. Alex is looking it up for me. So yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was scary. It was tense. There was a lot of jump scares, but once again, like I've always heard people say, in movies like it's only scary until you can like see the thing that's scary clearly and so like when we saw the demon really clearly at the end it was like oh he just like looks like a dude (laughs) Um, with hooves with hooves and a big tail and he like yeah he was just going so i think i think yeah i think it was scary my cat just knocked over a bunch of boxes or maybe it was a ghost ghost alien demon a spooky ghost alien demon um yeah, so, okay, I'm going to read the the uh, synopsis from our website, friend. Um, Insidious film. That's the heading. 
from Wikipedia. Oh, good. Uh, okay, good. <laughs> we're not just defining. We're the not words. just a dictionary. Insidious is a 2010 American Canadian supernatural horror film. Woo! Directed by James Wan, written by Lee Wanell, starring Patrick Wilson, Rose Byrne, and Barbara Hershey. It is the first installment in the Insidious franchise and the third in terms of the st- series in story chronology. This is not a synopsis. This is dumb. Okay, anyway, I didn't I didn't read this. Uh, the story centers on a couple whose son inexplicably enters a comatose state and becomes a vessel for ghosts in an astral dimension who want to inhabit his body. I guess. Yep. They did it. That's it. That's good stuff. Yeah, that that's a, a movie. Synopsi. It was. I mean, the bit about the chronology was not necessary, but... I guess that's that's what the franchise is for. Okay, so I think, yeah, I, hmm, any more thoughts about what I liked? I was scared, yes. I enjoyed it, yes. Um, I'm, like, less scared now, obviously, having watched it, but while it was happening, there was definitely a lot of times where I was, like, hiding behind the little book I was writing my notes, and a lot of them are just, like, a lot of my notes in this book that I was writing are just, like, no fuck no 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 i hate it <laughs> fuck with a lot of use spooky thing and then demon in capital letters yeah. n period o period <laughs> very tense i hate it i hate it so much yeah a lot of notes a lot of jesus is in here um yeah 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 this, these notes are not very comprehensive <laughs> just a lot of notes so and, you were scared <laughs> i was scared i was scared i was panic eating mcdonald's while i was watching it i'm sweaty still <laughs> Um, but <laughs> but now we get the to talk sweats. about it. Now we get to talk about it. I could tell I was scared because the back of my knees were sweaty because I was like folded up, yeah, so much with like my my like knees up to my face, and it was <laughs> oh man, yeah. I feel I feel great though. Like I kind of feel like yeah, let's talk about this. Yeah, let's discuss it. Mm-hmm. Let's you know banish the demons through conversation and so, <laughs> good one billy <laughs> they're not gonna take over our vessels oh shit there's someone right behind you luke it's a creepy old woman <laughs> <laughs> so yeah <laughs> this is obviously of the four movies we've seen so far the scariest oh 100 yeah 150 percent. Okay. it's like what poltergeist wishes it was i feel like it was like if you watch poltergeist in 1982 or three or whenever that movie came out it would be that scary as like watching uh, Insidious and like a pretty similar line of, of plot development as well, mm-hmm. actually. Um, but that's enough out of me for now. Uh, Alex, how about you? This is your second viewing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, this is the second time I've seen it. Enjoyed it. I think just as much as the first time uh, there, it, it has been a while. So like I kind of, I knew it was going to happen and I knew like the general outline of the plot, but I didn't remember quite where all the, you know, all the, scary parts were exactly um so yeah like i shouted yeah you shouted out loud is that the right verb did i shriek Uh, it wasn't a shriek it was it was a yelp it was five stars on yelp um for sure (laughs) yeah i i Um, definitely yelped billy's neighbors definitely heard it (laughs) yeah yeah, all the people below me and outside um yeah so i I yelped at a couple parts because like they're startling like i I didn't remember exactly like oh i know at this point we're we're gonna see something scary i forgot about that but then like when it came back up again like i was startled and i think that goes to show how well of a movie it is like even if i know Mm -hmm. what's gonna happen Mm -hmm. and i know the plot i was still scared um so yeah it was it's it's well done in that fact um i think another thing that i noticed as we were watching is um so Luke was sitting in the in between the two of us, and I noticed that he kept looking over. Yeah, to he kept you. looking at me. He kept looking at you. <laughs> and then anytime I noticed him do that, I was like, "Oh, 
Like, obviously, a scary part's coming up because <laughs> Luke wants to see your reaction. Uh, yeah, Luke, I'm so curious. Yeah, it was, it was right, out of my corner of my eye, I just see Luke turning his head, just like, eh? <laughs> oh, and yeah, I was I'm like, go away, Luke. <laughs> and I think that kind of reinforces how I feel about watching, you know, scary movies in a group. It's like, mm-hmm. I really enjoy that social aspect of it about, like, you know, whether we've all seen the movie, none of us have seen it, or parts, like, some of us have seen it. Yeah. There's always something new to bring to the table, whether, yeah, especially yeah, yeah, when yeah. you're watching with a group of, pe- like, people that you haven't seen this movie with, right? Mm-hmm. Um, something that, you know, Luke found scary he wants to see if you found it scary yeah and i I, before we get to your thoughts about the the movie luke i i think i really really appreciated from both of you that you didn't like give me any heads up i like i i I purposely didn't watch the trailer for this i didn't look at anything because yeah you know it was nice to you know i mean i guess it was nice in a way that i was like scared but it was like nice to go in blind as it were to let the movie happen to you rather than um have so much pop culture around horror movies like that it being more of a a recent movie i didn't know anything about it i didn't know what was going to happen i didn't know the tropes um that were coming and so everything was like a fresh surprise and it was just really great not to be not to be spoiled like if if you had been like oh yeah and this is what happens here and this is the name of the demon but but yeah again we will get to it luke I won't even spoil the name of the demon because i know you're gonna want to do it but oh (laughs) I'm so mad about it. Well, just pretend you didn't see it in no. the credits. Oh, yeah, that's true. If you didn't see it in the credits. Everyone I know calls him Darth Maul. So. Yeah, all the people in this room called him Darth Maul. Yeah, okay. Um, first time I saw this movie was actually in theaters, when it was in theaters. For some, I had a friend in university who was um, big into horror movies, and so he got a group of us. There was like five or six of us who went. And so you can imagine, like, I was definitely as scared as you, Billy, uh, the first time I watched this because it was brand new to me. So all of the things that I knew were coming this time, I didn't know were coming that time. And I remember, like, imagine this movie, but in a theater. So you got, like, the wide full screen with full sound. Yeah. And there's a yeah, lot yeah. of sound in this movie that's creepy and scary. And it's pitch black as well. Pia- and the piano jamming. So I was terrified. So don't... Uh, don't confuse my <laughs> level-headedness, this viewing with bravery. Yeah. I was terrified the first time I watched it, too. Uh, but I do, I, I actually, this viewing it this time, Cementment, like, I don't think this is a perfect movie, but I really like it. Mm-hmm. And I think I really, I'm trying to put my finger on it, and I think I got it. This, this is a horror movie made by a person who knows how to make horror movies. Mm, and okay. so he, Lee Winnell wrote a script that is clearly like as self-aware of a horror movie as maybe anything except Scream. Right, yeah. right? which is like so, overtly like, this is what a slasher movie he, is. He knew exactly when to put in the comedy bits. He knew exactly how to deflect. He knew exactly how to maneuver. Like, there are a lot of jump scares, but there's way less jump scares in this movie than a lot of other horror movies. So it's not gratuitous. You're not just getting jump scare after jump scare, which is, I would call it jump scare fatigue, <laughs> right? Like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every single camera cut, you're getting a jump scare. No, you get it like maybe 30 to 35% of the time in this movie. So it's like just enough to not know every time, but mm-hmm. definitely doesn't happen every time. So you're always on your toes. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. you're like, you any time could be the time yeah. this jump scare But happens. it often isn't. But it's not. But there's yeah. always still a creaking door. Yes. <laughs> right? Or like a hobby horse moving around. Like there's always something in the natural environment that could be the thing, but often isn't. Mm-hmm. So like 
even though there isn't a monster payoff in a lot of the tense scenes, all the scenes are tense. Which is, yeah, which is the, the, the whole goal is yeah. to like build your tension and not give you the release because like, you know, same with like, you know, laughter and jokes, like sometimes the build up towards the joke right. is really good. And then the payoff is like a big release. Exactly. And the, the same with the scary part, you know, you're building, building, building. And then when you finally get to be a little bit scared, you can take the mm-hmm. pressure off the gauge a bit. Yeah. yeah but, and, and there were at least two scenes, probably more, which even inverse that where they have a monster in the scene, but they don't do the music or the noise and you just have to notice them. Yeah, you said that. <laughs> right? You're like, did you see the monster? And I was like, no, what? <laughs> yeah, what? Yeah. Where? What? So monster, as a, what? like as opposed to like, there's a, obviously the jump scare. It's like, Bruh! it's in your face and there's music and there's something. Mm-hmm. There's at least two scenes that really scare me the first time I saw it, where there's a monster in the scene, but it's like, it's not the focus. And so yeah. it's like the opposite of a jump scare. <laughs> it's like the camera doesn't even make you pay attention, but there's still a monster in there if you notice it. It's more scary that, you know, the filmmaker doesn't acknowledge it, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. And then... Just last point on this okay, salvo yeah. of thought is that I loved at least two subversion of tropes in horror movies. One being haunted house. We're introduced to mm-hmm. a haunted house. No, it's not the house that's haunted. It's your son. Yeah. Builds yeah. your builds yeah. the audience up. Oh, oh, another haunted house. Oh, it's not. Oh, okay. This Kinda is cool. different. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the second one is oh, deadbeat dad in a horror movie. Oh, he's just he he's shirking his duty. Oh no. Oh, oh, he did this too. Yeah, and he's yeah, got that some was a good twist. He's got some um, childhood trauma hangups going on here that maybe doesn't excuse all of his behavior in the movie, but makes it a lot more understandable. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, those those two subversions, which I mean, I didn't really pick up on because again, this is number four for horror movies that I've right. seen. But uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see the tropes not pay off like or, or go go the standard way. Um, but yeah, I think in terms of discussing this movie before we hit record, it was like, I don't think we'll talk too much about like the individual characters, maybe except as the plot goes, because the movie really does not give you any time to, uh, paint them with any sort of character or depth or anything. It's like very, very, very broad sketches, um, with the family. Like, you know, we see, we see mom, she's like, yeah, at home, she's raising kids, dad's working. She's a songwriter. That's it. Like, really, that's all we get. And then we see dad. Like, he's a teacher, and he has PTA stuff, and he's not home. And that's it. The kids are there. Um, Kidding around. (laughs) Yeah. They're sometimes also not there. They're sometimes not there. Ooh, very spooky. Um, So, yeah, the character character development is really interesting and really sparse. Like, they're not like – there's probably a character Bible, and, like, Rose Byrne had, like, a this is what your character is. But none of that came onto the screen or none of that was, like, laid out in front of you on on screen as much. Like, it just sort of – I was like – this is her. We're going to see some shit happen to her. Buckle up, everybody. You got 100 minutes in. Let's go. I still think she did an awesome job acting, though. Oh, yeah, no. Right? No, that, this yeah, is it's, different. Yeah. It's not to say that any any of the actors did a bad job. They all, I think they all had a great time. They all did really well. It was just like, yeah, you weren't... There was not like any time devoted to being like, and this <laughs> is why... This is when they got married, and this is how it's been. It was all just sort of left alone. But how believing of her distress especially in like the first 15, 20 minutes. Mm. It's like, oh, that's good. That's good. Really good. Yeah. I did a really good job building up the tension. Alex, do you have any other thoughts before we start diving in on the plot and stuff? Yeah. I, I think just in terms of the characters, um, I, th- I think in the intro we talked, or at least I, I talked about how believable, like Luke and I talked about how believable they were and how immersive that gets you into it. And I think that was a thing. Like after the second watching, I still feel that way. Like, with uh, Rose Byrne's character, Reyna, 
I believe her Renee. name. Renee. Renee. Yeah. Renee. She's a mother who's concerned for her child and is seeing mm-hmm. like yeah. weird weird things happen in her house and is terrified and that's super believable. And then for uh, the dad, Josh, played by Patrick Wilson. Um, I keep thinking it's Patrick Stewart, which makes <laughs> us a completely different movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. The, the, so, the monsters are scared of him. In like, the film. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like evidently you see that he's like a very caring husband and father. Um, like he, he doesn't necessarily believe uh, his wife, like for almost like I would say the first two thirds of the movie, he's like a skeptic. He's not sure, but even if he doesn't believe it, he still cares enough about her that they move again. Yeah, I mean, at the start, I don't, I don't think we get the idea that he's like well, he's a caring father. Obviously, he cares about his family, but he's not a very present father uh, because all the scenes we see at the start, you know. And it all pays off later really well, like you pointed out, where they're like, how come we don't have any pictures of dad in the shot? And, and oh, he's he's at work. And, you know, we see her, like, making breakfast, dealing with the kid. The baby's crying. She's on the phone with somebody trying to get there. And she's he's just unpacking everything. She's, she's doing, like, literally everything to move this house. And he's just, like, upstairs, like, I'm brushing my teeth and picking out a tie. And here I go. And, like, we see that a lot of the trope of, like, the woman is running the house and doing everything. And the man is just like, I'm off going to you know work now because i'm the man it's like a very sort of you know heteronormative like classic air quotes classic like modern american family or american family uh dynamic which you know is not necessarily the model all the time anymore and and i'd be interested to see more horror movies show like more diverse family structures but uh we didn't get that here so i I think he, he played like a pretty stock standard like average husband who's like i'm here for my kids when it's like the good fun playtime and when someone falls but usually it's like oh you're crying okay i gotta go to work bye but how did you feel then because you're right but i liked that that part of his character was actually built into the narrative yes it wasn't just uh a, a, a cliche right or a stereotype like he was actually subconsciously avoiding yeah. His family, because of the way it was making him feel, because of the things he'd repressed or suppressed. I can never get those right. Yeah, yeah. From his own childhood, right? Absolutely, yeah. And, like, I definitely warmed up on him as we went through it. The start, I was just like, man, this guy kind of sucks. He's, like, not very good as a husband. Like, help out a bit more. And it's like, oh, he's, like, absent because he's got shit tons of trauma about <laughs> this old woman that followed him around yeah. all the Which time. I think is good storytelling. Yeah, it's great storytelling. It changes it's how you feel about... How you felt earlier in the yes. movie, right? Yeah, 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 it does. It does for sure, for sure. Yeah, and it kind of like hints up to this at the at the scene where she finds like the bloody handprint on the sheet, mm-hmm. and they kind of have like that argument on the, outside the house on the driveway. And he 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 says to her like, I, "I deal this, I deal with this in my own way." And you know, like coming from like if you've never seen the movie before and you're just w- witnessing these characters develop, it's like, oh, like. Oh, he is he really dealing it with his? What a dickhead! Yeah, he's like he's deflecting. (laughs) He's not helping out with the problems with what is happening in his family. But then Renee even says, "You're not here with me in the situation." Yeah, exactly. And you you definitely feel her pain in that because he isn't there and he's not being as I don't know what the right word is as caring or as a present as present. Yeah. yeah, As present as he could be. But then you, you later realize, Oh, he was telling the truth. Like he really was dealing with this in his own way. And like, um, you can kind of tell as well, like when he's at work, Mm -hmm. uh, he's, 
you don't realize this at first, but then by the end of the movie, you realize when he's at work and he's sleeping and it's late at night and he's like, he wakes up, he was dreaming about, you know, his past or at least remembering what was happening when he was a childhood. Yeah. Which I did not pick up on at all. It was, it's deliberately not supposed to pick you up because he, so we find out in the movie that, uh, their oldest son, Dalton, um, can astral project. I think he's the middle child. No, he's the oldest. oldest Is he the oldest? Yeah, Yeah, he's the oldest one. Uh, but they're all like under ten, clearly. I like, guess three kids under ten. Um, so he can astral project. He can leave his body and go on these like walkabouts, and and doesn't really think about it too much because it's just like a fun dream. And so we see these scenes of like a little kid in a bed sleeping. It's all kind of like blue and gray and like washed out colors. And you're meant to think that like this dream is of Patrick Wilson, the dad, seeing his like son in bed. And then we find out later that he, as a child, also astral projected and had a similar, you know, encounter with these like spirits in the. And further. all those shots are actually of him. And as those a shots kid. are of him. Yeah, yeah. So, so that was that was a cool thing I didn't see coming, and you didn't pick up on it. But you're you're right, Luke. You said if you watch it again, you'll see that like the room is slightly different. His pajamas aren't the same. It's yeah. a, it's a, a clearly a different kid, but like you know, you see a. A small Caucasian child <laughs> yeah. with brown hair yeah. sleeping but in a bed. See, it's like, this is that the same kid? I, I this know. is why I love movies like this. Like, I'm not going to say it. this is Insidious only does this. Movies like yeah. this that they show you something that you're not looking for, right? Yeah. They show you something super important to the movie that you don't have enough context to be looking for yet. But that's why it's so enjoyable. On, a movie like this is a very enjoyable rewatch, mm-hmm. which is why I've seen it like six or seven times right. now, yeah, yeah. right? Because you really do see how Josh isn't just an asshole. He's repressing memories of trauma, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Which is actually very insightful, especially those scenes. And I love how you reference Alex, like where he's like palming his forehead, right? When he's marking, like he's, he's giving all the classic examples of, of avoidance, staying away from my family. What a dick. Well, no, he doesn't even know what he's dealing with. Yeah, and he's, he just looks like a stressed, overworked exactly. teacher guy. Yeah. And so those scenes, there's like about three or four of them where the wind is in the trees and like the things are quiet and it's night and he's like kind of turning around and you're like, you have no sympathy for him in the first watch through. Yeah. And you have so much sympathy for him on all the other watch throughs. Oh, okay. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess we can just, we can just sort of go through the plot. Like I really, I really think that the way it builds in the like scary stuff is is cool like i think right away it's within the first five minutes we see her being like why are these books on the floor and like what happened Um, and we see these things that are unexplained like she's up in the attic and like okay we have another creepy attic it's just like all attics (laughs) are creepy the ladder rung breaks just don't go up in the attic (laughs) just every if you buy this attic is particularly creepy yeah if you have a house and it has an attic in it just maybe Board it up. Also, like, we don't if, you're, it if you're like a, an architect or a construction worker, and, <laughs> yeah, there's and you're like listening to this, you're designing an attic. You can cut that out. No That's attic. extra ceiling room. If you're <laughs> like if you're a construction worker, there's an attic in the blueprint. Cut that out. You don't need that. That's <laughs> just have like I want to save some material. An 18 foot ceiling. Yeah, you can have <laughs> bright, bright. No, because then there's just going to be so many demons crawling around on all this wall and ceiling space. <laughs> Think about it, Alex. <laughs> Think about it. So much demon crawl space. Okay, you know what? Oh, no. we're, we're just gonna cut all houses built in the future in half. Okay, no attic and half the half. But then the demons so but close then, to you. But then Alex, that's only half the story. Sorry. Oh, shit. (laughs) That was a good one.
Yes, yes. Very good one. Okay, so we see we're seeing like <laughs> oh my gosh, wrestling it back on track. So we're seeing we're seeing them just moving in and, and stuff is almost immediately going weird. We see her, she's missing her sheet music and she's mis- you know, the books are knocked over. And I definitely thought right away when I was watching it like, "Oh, this is the ghost. This is the spirits that are doing it." But now I think that it might have been the first little sojourns of Dalton mm. astral projecting at night yeah. and moving stuff around, which which we find out later is what draws the spirits to him mm. in a very poltergeisty thing where he's like, I can smell him. He's yeah, he's out of his physical body. His spirit form is in this like spirit world, and all the spirits who are there are like, whoa, hey, what's up? There's like a body over here, everyone. Everyone, come over. And then we we find out that it also draws this thing that is um you'll forgive me here but very insidious uh-huh. what does that word even mean actually i don't it means um no. like a very nefarious and malevolent intention with something mm-hmm. okay okay so good. it premeditated evil okay but with like good. yeah sneakiness as well okay using sneakiness to be evil oh. in a very deep manner all right sneaky deep Thank evil you. Thank you. We got okay, it. I got it. Uh, cool. Actually, I, I did not know the, the definition of insidious. I feel like I could have used it in a sentence, but uh, <laughs> but now now I know. And insidious means um, a demon. So do you think Darth Sidious had insidious Wait, intentions? Yes. Which yes, absolutely. That makes, that makes... When he was Palpatine. Everyone in the Star Wars universe really dumb because they're like, there's someone called Darth Sidious. That's probably not anything to worry about. Gotta go. I'm a Jedi. <laughs> it's like... Uh, the uh, okay. It we was an Alderaan word. <laughs> oh God! We don't need to talk. We can talk about Star Wars on a different podcast. Um. So yeah, we find out that Dalton is astral projecting, and he goes away, and we find out that for some reason, and after he's gone on one of his little surgeries, he doesn't come back to his body, and he can't be woken up, and he's in a coma now, and we see that sort of crushing moment of a family where like quite suddenly one of your children gets sick. And I think that was really, really, really affecting the way Rose Byrne played it because like, yeah, she's, she's this like this mother, she's got two other kids and suddenly her oldest kid is in this like coma. And there's a scene, a really great scene that just shows her like despair and like desire to fight. But the nurse is in the room, in the home room being like, okay, anyway, this is how you like insert like a nasal feeding tube. <laughs> yeah, thing, yeah, and yeah. like you need to have this much and, and you need to like lubricate everything. And like, she's just like taking it in. She doesn't want to be doing this. It must be so hard to be like, if you're, if you're a parent and your kid gets really sick like that, like I can't even imagine like the, getting, like, getting technical mm-hmm. pieces of information to follow when your heart is broken. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like there's such a disconnect there. Yeah, and like you know, a medical professional, like a nurse, is doing it with it. she the the nurse who played. I don't even know what her name was, but the nurse nurse in that scene was very compassionate, and very kind. But you could still tell that like for her, it was just like this is a thing I do for work. And for Rose Byrne, like for Renee, it was like this is my child. How am I supposed to like doctor my child? And and so you could you could really see that on her face because he's in a coma. We don't know what's going on. And then pretty much after that, like the spooky shit happens. And I just talking about the spooky shit, I just got chills like all over my body. (laughs) (laughs) A really, really quick question. Um, So you had kind of alluded earlier that, you know, the sheet music was moving and the books were on the ground. So it's hinted that while um, while Dalton is astro projecting that he might be the one doing this. Yes. Um, So that that also another thing that kind of hints towards that is when his brother 
um, Parker, Foster. Foster. I don't know why I said Parker. Uh, Foster is talking to his mom and is like, can I move rooms? Because like, I don't like it when Dalton moves around at night. Oh, yeah, when Dalton's walking around at night and she's like, what? He's in, He's a, in coma. a coma. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that just means, I mean, that's left dangling, but presumably Foster can see his astral projections, I guess. See, oh. I... Or maybe see him walking. Maybe he sleepwalks. Maybe it's both. I don't know. I think, yeah, maybe... That was a spook factor, more, more well, of a plot factor. Because if, if because we find out later that Dalton's like ability to astral project is genetic or passed down from his father, so maybe his brother has like a recessive gene of that. <laughs> you know, the, the the astral projecting gene is, is recessive. <laughs> in him. He can watch but not participate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he can like, he's like, oh no, I'm, I'm astral projecting on my dad's side, but like... I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got the eyes, but not the feet. Yeah, exactly. And so, uh, so maybe he's seeing. Maybe he can see Dalton's form, or maybe he's better equipped to see the demon, which I'm deliberately avoiding naming at this point. But he can see him walking around because we find out that this demon like wants him, and and he's like real creepy and like gross and like just like the way he's like standing all the time when you see him in the shadow, and it's just like. Oh, it's just like a, a person standing there, but you, you can't make any out any features except for his hand looks weird. And it's like, wait, his hand is a little bit longer than a normal hand should be, and that's creepy and scary, and he's holding it in a weird way. And so, anyway, maybe maybe Foster can see that or could see that walking out or maybe see some of the other spirits and was just like, I don't know what's going on. Do you think Josh got his uh, astro projection Astral. Astral. Astral projecting his space. <laughs> his call, you need to call Elon Musk for that, baby. His, uh, his astral projection ability from his mom. Because, oh. because another scene when Josh's mom, so Foster and Dalton's grandma, comes, okay. she's like, last night I had a dream. Oh, yeah. And I saw, mm, like, yeah. and I walked into the bedroom. Like, is that her astral projecting as well? Maybe. Maybe they come from a long line of projectors. Well, it's it is in it's in the um visualization of Lorraine's dream that we see a lot of the scenes that make up the kind of like demon's cave, right? Like the, mm-hmm. the, hallway, the hallway with yeah. the with the candles. And then I don't know if we see the main room, but you see the red door and you yeah. see like that. So like it's possible. I and she is in the second insidious movie and I don't remember if she has that power or not but that might be for a future episode uh, yeah that could be a future mm-hmm. episode too just a little little thought that i had because like uh she's like i saw i saw dalton and i saw someone else in the room and i asked who he is but she says oh, explicitly yeah. that it's a dream and That's they true. and they do distinct distinguish between dreams and astral projections yeah, in this movie she well remember uh there was a part where he thinks it's a dream well, the the lady Elise is is her name. The yeah, like Elise, the lady yeah. comes in. She says like, "Oh, well, Dalton probably thinks he's just dreaming, so he doesn't think anything's wrong with it." Right, yeah. So maybe Mom has the same thing where she's mm-hmm. like, oh, "I just think it's dreaming." It's yeah, no big deal. maybe. Oh, speaking of that, just I don't know if it's a transition point or not, but I do have to say <laughs> the Elise with the two tech guys. Oh okay, yeah, we'll that's get to a them. straight up poltergeist. We'll get to them. Yeah, we will. Okay. I want to talk. It's like that is that couldn't be more on the nose. I want to yeah, I want to get I want to get okay, back okay. to that. Don't worry. I, I wrote that down for sure. But so yeah, so we're seeing after he gets in a coma, we start to see the spooky shit come up like we see a scene with a baby monitor and there's a creepy voice on it. 
uh, I made a note that in the scene where the door is opening and the alarm is going off and like all that, like yeah, yeah, that yeah. spiritual stuff, uh, spiritual, that spirity stuff is going on that the camera work, the way it looked like the way it's, it's behind, like it's behind Patrick Wilson and it's not steady. It, it gives you the idea of like, this is something that's like watching Patrick St- Stewart. Why? Patrick Wilson. <laughs> You can call him Josh. <laughs> I could call him Josh. Uh, so Josh, okay, not not Captain Picard, although this makes it a, a million times better in my head. So Josh is is like looking through the windows, and you're like, I'm expecting to see like a spooky face in the window, and then I realize that subconsciously the way that yeah the way the camera's moving and it's like kind of going behind like the banister, and you're seeing like plants, and you're seeing it kind of like move around. I'm moving my hand like everyone can see this, which it's not. This is a visual medium, uh, or it's an audio medium. I don't know what I'm talking about. I can see it. Yeah, you can see it. So anyway, it's just very well shot that it makes it look like mm-hmm. oh, there's something behind you. Like turn around, Josh, and see what we're like, what we can't see, but turn around and figure it out. And so that was really. I'm getting all worked up again. <laughs> it was uh, frantic. Back it, it definitely <laughs> sweaty. The, the, I, I thought the the camera work in this movie was really good. Yeah, it was just great. just kind of like very subtly off angle camera shots that you don't yep. notice easily, but like kind of like I cameras think those that are, are called Dutch angles. Yeah, maybe. But there's a few shots for two. It's like it's kind of like. Again, I'm now making. <laughs> <laughs> We're nailing podcasting, everyone. We're doing it's like it. it's like swerving in from a mid height to a low height mm-hmm. and across. Um, so you're getting like you're, you're a flying ghost. Yeah, but you yeah exactly like, like you're astral oh, that's projecting. A good, that's your a good first point. A lot of the eyes. A lot of the cinematography is <laughs> is kind of spectral, right? It yeah. is kind of swoopy and moving around yeah. like you are. Maybe astral projection. That, that's great. I didn't even think of that, but that makes yeah, total sense. It does. It, it's great. Like if you're if your spirit is out, because because it's also around. it's meant to be like we're, a lot of those are are ostensibly POV shots of like Renee or yeah. or Josh, but mm-hmm. not really because people nope. don't move like that. Exactly. <laughs> right? yeah, like the way right, the camera yeah. moves, my head doesn't like do Bob a big swoop every time I go to look. You know, <laughs> you know so. the way I, mean, I move around is for, I like to do the work For comedy. Yes. Like a big comedy, like, <laughs> like. <laughs> But not if my kid's in a coma and I'm being haunted. <laughs> That's true. Which, yeah, so 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 that that part's really great. And, and, and we, you know, we see all that astral projecting stuff. Rose Byrne is losing her mind. She's freaking out. You know, Patrick Wilson is not believing her. And then they decide to move. And I, it was like, it was exactly at the point of the movie where I was like, why wouldn't you just move if your house was haunted? And they're like, we're moving. And I was like, okay, good. And then it was like, <laughs> but it's still scary because mm-hmm. guess what motherfuckers? <laughs> it's the kid who's haunted. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, you got me. But like, don't you think like, oh, this is just another reason I love this movie is that right at the point where you're about to get incredulous about their decision-making, they make the right decision. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yes, oh, yes, oh, okay. yes, yes. That's what I would do. And, and then another great decision that they made, it's, hey, if the house is haunted, let's not have our still non-coma kids yes, live with us. We don't have the send other them kids. off to grandma's, right? Yeah. So yeah, this, this I feel like, <laughs> I feel like Lee Winnell. That's different from Poltergeist. I feel like, I feel like in, in the universe, Lee Winnell maybe watched Poltergeist and then by some random twist of fate had the exact conversation we did for episode one of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he was like, I'm going to make my own fucking version of Poltergeist and we're not going to deal with all that, but it'll still be scary and I can yeah. do it because I'm Lee Winnell. We'll do it with believable protagonists, yeah. not so, absurd ones. So they move and they send their kids to grandma's house or someone and they and they go and it was just like, yes, they're making, you're right, Luke, they're making all the right choices in that situation. And then... There's still things like the scene 
where she's unpacking and it's in the kitchen and there was a point where you're like did you see the monster there and i was like no what what no and then she <laughs> goes out into like throw the garbage out and we hear the you know tiptoe through the tulips come mm-hmm. on and there's just like the the little page boy dancing in the living room and you're just like that's not okay like oh no and what's then, he doing there yeah hey you're not supposed to be in here um also, I've learned one thing for sure about demon ghost aliens, which is what we're calling these things. Um, they, have, they have bad taste in music. <laughs> Tiny Tim, come on. You don't like that song? <laughs> no, no, no. So yeah, that was like really creepy. And then we're getting the fact that, oh, it's not the house that's haunted. It's the kid. We see, um, you know, the uh, Josh's mother is on the side of, uh, of his wife and is like, look, I know what we're going to do. We're going to call somebody. And then we get the introduction of like the two, uh, spooky, uh, you know, paranormal investigator people, uh, played by Lee Winnell and a guy who was in Fargo season two. <laughs> I don't uh, yeah, no was. shit. What was his name? Alex is looking it up, T- but no. Tucker was the character. Name. Tucker was the character name. Angus Sampson. Mm. Angus Sampson. Great job by those two. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like I've been talking for a long time and I kind of want to get, Alex, your thoughts about uh, what we've talked to this point or you can talk about the like spook guys. Yeah. Or um, whatever you want. It's your life. Do sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you know, I, I'm totally with you as well. Like when I first watched this, I was like, oh, it's like it's the house. It's haunted. And it's like, why would you go up in the attic? Why is there a scary furnace that just turned on? And why didn't you investigate it? Oh, the ladder broke. Oh, you're just going to leave the ladder there. Oh, your son is going to, you're just going to let your son explore the house unsupervised. Okay. The the furnace from home alone. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it's like, like you get real bad vibes about the house. You do. Yeah. Right. It's, um, you kind of get like the long staircase shots you get, um, you get like, you get, there's this one shot where, um, when the alarm's ringing and he's coming, like looking around the house trying to figure out what's going on you see the shot of like the living room but it's like so far back that you kind of see everything yeah and you're like you you don't know what your eye is going to go to because you're like there's going to be something there's something is it it on the is it on the ceiling is Mm. it on the floor is it on the corner fireplace and i don't like another thing is do all houses in that area of the city come with grandfather clocks yes (laughs) or or is it the same grandfather clock do they move it from one, like the old house to the new house? I don't know. I don't know. Do, I think wait, maybe wait, wait, wait. Do they move their possessions from their old house to their new house? Okay, yeah, that was a dumb question. All right, yeah, you're okay. Okay, so the point is there's no such thing as a dumb question. What's up with grandfather clocks? They're creepy, they're loud, they're heavy. They seem like a pain in the ass to move. Exactly. Too. Well, I would say the grandfather clock is the most conspicuous example of something we talked about, I think, in Poltergeist, was all the props around the house oh, yeah. make a good horror movie, right? right. So, yeah. like the baby monitor. Yes. Even like the crib and the, the piano. There's the lots piano, of piano sound mobile effects. The mobile, the. Crib. Um, yeah. the uh, the toys, the right? The horse. hobby. The, so, like, just the, like horror movie gravy is made out of yeah, uh, uh, inanimate props around the house that animate. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> chicken suck. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's probably okay. That was my biggest gripe with the grandfather okay. clock. Is grandfather clocks are just creepy in general. Mm. So you just you're just anti grandfather clock. No, no. All all over. I'd rather have, I'd rather have a grandmother clock. You know, <laughs> this is a horror movie. Yeah, um, and. Just to that point of like the the house, I think it was deliberately said that it could have been like basically it was like any town USA or like like any suburb thing. Like we don't actually get a definitive setting for this movie. It's just like 
mm-hmm. again, the suburbs. And yeah. again, it's one house, like, yeah. on, on and the suburbs. Th- their move also, like, it made me feel like, obviously, like, we, we feel as as the audience, if it's your first watch, you think Josh is like an ass, right? And he's not supportive of his mm-hmm. wife. But that, like, their, their move was like, wow, like, he would actually... They just moved into this new house. Moving mm-hmm. is a huge deal, especially if you have three kids mm-hmm. and you have a ton of possessions and you're moving again immediately. Like that's some sacrifice. On a teacher's salary and songwriter's <laughs> salary. Yeah. <laughs> and if, if you're that, willing if you're willing to do that based off of fears that your wife has yeah, that that actually, you yeah. don't believe. That's that's a pretty big sacrifice. Pretty stand up, dude. Yeah, but I, I think that that's like, int- I mean, this is more deep psychology than I know anything about. But I think I wonder if part of that is like uh, another part of his subconscious recognizing the truth. Mm. Mm. But like, so part of his brain understanding and part of it not at the same time. Yeah, because yeah, I yeah. really do feel like even more than he he's not so much, uh, as it were, at war with Renee. He's just at war with himself in this movie a lot, right? Yeah. right? And so he just he doesn't know how to talk to Renee about that because he's not, he's a divided self. Well, and they, and that is one of the few things where they, they have a line that's almost a throwaway line where she says something like, I don't want it to be like it was before. And he's like, it's not, don't worry. And so there's Mm -hmm. like a hint of maybe they had some sort of like marital struggle before or when they were dating, it was rough or, or whatever. Like there's again, that piece of like something has happened in their past that we don't necessarily have to see. Mm-hmm. I think it's a clever it way their relationship. It's yeah, a clever yeah. way of the writer to develop the story without overtelling. Right. Yeah. It's a yeah. very, very good show. Don't tell moment uh, in general, just because I want to put a little tail onto your point, Alex, I'm a big fan of misdirection. Mm. Um, so whether it's in magic, you know, I, I like a magician who tricks me a bit <laughs> in my attention in comedy. I like, I like being thought a joke's coming from, left field but it's actually coming from the dugout (laughs) you know like that kind of thing i love a movie where we think it's the house and it's not like it can be just that simple yeah right it can just and so and i like it because i I was thinking about this it's it's not irrational to think the house is haunted it's just simply incorrect yeah (laughs) right so it's like your your brain is taken down a path of storytelling and then it's shown to be incorrect and and it's a kind of like incorrectness that you like because you're like Mm -hmm. oh well, that's cool. Well, I didn't yeah. think about it that and, way. And like again, for me, having not seen any horror movies, like I can see, I can see this being uh, built in for someone who has seen a lot of horror movies and is like, I know what's going to happen. It's the <laughs> house that's haunted, and like they they defy your expectations that way. And even for me, like again, horror movie newbie, mm. I'm like still like, okay, I know that haunted house horror movies are a thing, so this is going to be a haunted house horror movie. Oh no, it's not. Um, <laughs> so yeah. I, 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 I like that, and I, I like the other line, which is, I feel, another, like, Lee Winnell correcting Poltergeist in his <laughs> just making a movie about it, where a gripe that I had with Poltergeist was, like, why is she special? Why can she, why can the spirit sense her? Why is her energy so good? And there's no explanation for it. In this one, it's, like, Dalton has the ability to astral project, and that's why they can sense him. It's, like, and I, I yeah. remember having that thought in, when we recorded the Poltergeist episode, being, like, they should have just had a line to explain why she was special, and they were, and Lee I was, like, I'll do it from the past. Yeah, yeah. I actually would like to riff on that for a second longer, because I, one of the reasons I like this movie, again, is it, I find it a unique and creative take on the possession genre, mm. it, in, in that it at least goes one step further. You might say, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, where they actually posit a realm of ast- like astral projection yeah. is a thing. 
that people can do. Mm-hmm. It's not that weird. It's just nobody really knows about it. And so it gives an extra layer of motivation and kind of almost coherence to what is happening. And instead of in Poltergeist, which is also a possession, or I guess, kind of, or um, where you're like, what do these things want? Um, Elise says, well, they're, they're evil entities that want life. And like, okay, you could also say, well, why do they want life? But at some point, you're asking a kind of meaningless question. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, they're just like, to me, the the monsters, the closest example I can just think of is they're, like, they're just bad people. Right? Like they're just like bad yeah. people. Okay. They, yeah, they yeah. want to do bad, mean things to others and mm-hmm. they can do that better with more power. <laughs> and they can have more power if they're alive. That's in, true. And like, yeah. we only really see... Well, you know what? I'm going to come back to the spirits once we get to that point <laughs> okay. in the recap. But yeah, but like I really want to talk a lot about um, the the like expert team that comes in, right? And again, like I feel like we've seen that in other movies that we've watched, where they bring in an expert to give us the audience more information, mm-hmm. and instead of getting any information, we get a little bit like the old lady comes in and does it. But you again, it's like a de- de- defying of that trope you said, Luke, where. You know, the experts are coming in, they're going to set up, and then the, they're just these, like, two idiots yeah. who are like, <laughs> yeah, we like spooky stuff. and Nickering amongst themselves. And they, like, could be the wiring. Out. Yeah, it could be the wiring. It's not the wiring. And, like, they actually come in and they don't provide any explanation to the story. They're just like, yeah, we're just here to make sure Elise doesn't waste her time. And, like, one is, like, looking through a view master. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he's like, it's basically just an old toy. And I was like... I- I was about to say that, Lee Winnell. Like, <laughs> rude. It's a little bit more complicated than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, I like the the twist of the the, the bringing in an expert to to solve it. Um, and then they, of course, bring in um, Elise, who is this medium or guide, but she knows about astral projecting. And I, I like that there's, you know, she comes in and she's just like, again, she's this competent person who's seen everything, kind of like the old priest in... Uh, in uh, Exor- exorcist uh father marin who's just like here i am i'm gonna do the exorcism now like let's go like she comes in she's like i'm just gonna like tell you what's up it's astral projecting there's a spirit in here we're gonna figure it out um and she you know she walks around she has lee one l's character whose name is specs i think <laughs> in the credits yeah um, yeah 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 well i think it's like I imagine He's like it's a translator. nickname yeah, yeah. based on his glasses. But yeah, well. Steven Specs. Steven Specs. Specs, Specs with quotes. So I guess Ooh. Specs is his, uh, his nickname? His father's name. Oh. <laughs> Specs son. Well, like he had those badass glasses that had like little flashlights on them. Yeah. So he could see. Were, were they, were they badass? In this. Well, I mean, he could movie. see better. Oh, okay. So anyway. <laughs> Elise comes in and she's like, look, we're going, uh, your son can ask for project. I'm telling you all this stuff. I'm giving you the audience exposition. Pay attention. The audience um, <laughs> is what she's saying. And she's like, and, and he's going into a realm called the further trademark me. Whenever I decided to come up with it, like she's, she just like, this is what I call it. And we don't get like a, an answer. It's just basically just like another plane. It could be anything. I made a joke. Later on, they go into the upside down, and I was expecting to see like Patrick uh, Wilson just like wave to the demogorgon as he goes by, like, "Hey, buddy, like, you're yeah. not, I'm not, you're, I'm not after you. I'm gonna go after this creepy ghost lady." Yeah. What was I talking about? Elise. Elise being all yeah. So she's there as like the the medium again, almost like 
the literal medium between the spirit world and our world. She's, she's, you know, she's looking up in the ceiling and she can see the demon, which I'm going to say it now because this name makes me so fucking angry. <laughs> that is called lipstick face demon. <laughs> the scariest thing. <laughs> no, no. The scariest thing in this movie, the like evil demon is called the lipstick face demon. Okay. okay. Compromise. Ah. Let's just call it LFD. Because <laughs> even the acronym isn't as bad. That's so <laughs> dumb. Yeah, they they uh, they blew their budget on uh, their actors, and yeah. they had nobody left to name their characters that don't get named in the movie. <laughs> Just, hmm. <laughs> I, and that like honestly, that like, like t- it's not even a name. It's That's just a, a description. It's not even a good description. Like, why is lipstick like the first thing? Like. Red paint demon. I've seen green lipstick. It's bullshit. But I have a lot you know of what? nice I, I, why colors did, of lipstick that aren't just Why, red. why yeah. didn't they name it what they called it in the movie? Darth the, Maul. No, the demon with fire. Yeah, the yeah, demon yeah, yeah, the fire with the, uh, fire on his face. Yeah, yeah, the, the man with, with fire. fire. That's how they're described. Yeah, that, you're right. That, that was way too many words though. So they needed lipstick based. Maybe instead. yeah, maybe they were like, ooh, hey, hang on. If we put all the letters for demon with fire on his right. face in this credit line. We're not going to make our money back. We got to cut it down by 11 no, people, characters. People are going to make fun of us in the credits if they read that. So we're going to put lipstick face demon instead. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? Let's, uh, we could probably talk about him for a second because sure. I, he's a lot scarier in the jump scares than, yes. in, the, than in the, there aren't he's, like many scenes that are elongated with him, mm-hmm. but they're less scary. The longer he's in the scene, the less scary he is. Yes. Which is the best the best part of scary things, like, yeah. and th- and this goes. I, I know this is a rule that's true for all sorts of movies. And the best part of the scary thing is you don't get to see it very often. You don't get to see Jaws the shark for like forty, like most of the mm, movie, yeah. and that's scary. You don't see like the full xenomorph alien in Aliens yeah. until like so far into the movie, and that's scary. So again, like, yeah, when when we first see the full like red face of ugh, the lipstick face demon <laughs> and he's right behind Patrick Wilson like that is when I like made a noise for sure and Luke was just like looking full at me <laughs> in that scene I knew it was coming <laughs> so and one thing that I yeah. really enjoyed about that is that you know like in horror movies and in this movie in particular up until that point all the scary bits and all the kind of like faces that you see and all that stuff they happen at nighttime this was yeah. in, this was like full blown yeah. full daytime. Yeah, They're good having point. a normal conversation like we are right now, <laughs> <laughs> and like oh. that. I think that that was what got me like so taken, yeah. taken off guard the first time I watched this. Is like, no, daytime is safety. You're not supposed to scare me at this time, you know. And they they just hit you with that like hey, another subverted expectation. <laughs> And I love exactly. that. Daytime <laughs> is safety. Yes, daytime is safety, but not in Insidious verse. Yeah. Um, D- uh, and we have to mention that scene though with him sharpening his nails. Just okay. Like, you know what? He's just having a good at-home yeah. spa day. He's so freshening up his tips, like he's loving it. Go ahead. That's the one scene of Insidious. Not the that that scene is the best example of the types of scene of Insidious where I'm a little bit weirded out, and then mm. I'm not as scared, and then I'm like kind of laughing. Like yeah. that scene goes from scary to weird to, to funny to, to absurd to like a little bit funny then because it's like this Baroque Pinocchio style room yeah. with a phonograph and like candles. weird monocle glasses and yeah. candles. It's like, what is this demon into? It's I just like, you're just getting like this like <laughs> thunderous orgy of his personality. <laughs> it's like, this is a fucking weird demon. And so like, it's I like, I, I am scared. 
I remember, and it's, again, the first time I saw it, I was like, I'm scared, but less. And because, <laughs> but it's not because I, I'm not scared, it's because I'm weirded out and I don't know what the fuck this <laughs> demon could want. Yes. Like, what kind yeah. of lifestyle is this demon? Look, with all these look, marionettes everywhere. I don't want to. I don't want to like kink shame, kink shame this demon. I don't yeah, want right. to like yuck his yum. You know, he's just living his life in the further. And then, so he's just hanging out. He's sharpening his nails. He's yeah. collecting his dolls. And then this kid just comes into his house, and he's like, "Get out of my house, kid!" Like, Wait, what are you, you got doing? a body? But did you even see what he sees, doll? The Josh, he's like humping the glass. <laughs> he's like, he's grinding on the glass, and like his tongue sticking out. He's just like, like nah, hello. <laughs> Do you want to come and play with my dolls and do your nails? Like, look, I, I don't actually, I, I still don't want to meet this demon, but I am a little less scared of him. Do, do you want to hang out? No? Okay, cool. You, you know, you just do you. Like, yeah, who knows? Maybe he just wanted to possess Dalton because he just was aching for like a real world manicure. Like he was, he was doing his nails with a belt, like a big grinder. Yeah. And you know what? Just, you know, he was just living his life. He was just living his best demon life. And yeah. this kid came in and, and his house was all full of like weird 50s doll people and crying children and laughing children. And he was like, I don't know what the fuck all these people well, are doing here. I'm just going to sharpen my nose. I want to, I, I just want to chalk that up again to some sort of like little genius of Lee Winnell throwing in, Very unsettling. throwing in stuff that is going to give me conflicting emotions. Yeah. So there's, and that's something that I think is a theme throughout this whole movie is that I'm kind of feeling more than one thing at a time in any given scene. Like there's fear throughout because it's a horror movie. But when Josh is around, I'm feeling kind of like annoyance as well as fear. When Renee's around, I'm feeling sympathy as well as fear, right? Like I'm, I'm tapping into these kind of other normal human emotions that are unsettling my experience of the movie because I'm feeling more than one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. When Tucker and Specs are in a scene, I'm laughing while the horror is happening, yeah, right? Like yeah. it's like weirdly timed comedy and like a uh, dick measuring going on <laughs> in all of this, right? It's very... It's like, <laughs> but like between two guys who really, I don't, uh, like they're, they're definitely not alphas. <laughs> so it's just even funnier. And so it's like, there's like just so many different, le- and so in our climax of our third act, we get this weirdo demon. It's like, I don't want to be scared and, and feeling uncertain at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like, it's just such a, it's an, I don't even know the right adjective, but it's like a jilted or tilted experience that makes me scared and not scared at the same time. And I think Insidious does that really well. Almost the whole movie, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, Demon was very scary, then very weird. And then I think the the fi- final nail in the coffin that made me not be scared of L. F.D. L.F.D. Lipstick yeah. Face Demon. Lip- say his <laughs> full <laughs> name. All right. Sorry. Yeah. You fi- say his name. <laughs> Lipstick Face Demon was. Um, or, the, or the visitor, as he's the called. Visitor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like right. why that's couldn't a, that? That's a better day. Credits. That's a better day. <laughs> um. So when when Dalton's trying to run run back to his body, and yeah. you see you see the Lipstick oh, Face yeah, Demon yeah, yeah. like chasing him along the wall. Very clearly, this movie didn't have the CGI budget, and <laughs> it was try that. Yep. Yeah, and it was just like immediately, you're like, you see the whole like, on top of the whole ridiculousness of you know his lair, and when you see his full thing, he's got like hooves and this long tail. And yeah, it's like, just like, oh, what? He likes to hump windows and stuff. <laughs> um, no and shame. then finally, when you see that, CGI- he's like a more conventional demon than we thought. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when you see him running along the, the wall with like. Not the greatest CGI. That's when I was like, all right, like it, 
it looked like you know what it looked like it looked like um in like old scooby-doo cartoons yeah when they're yeah, like yeah. looking for a rock or like something's under a rock and it's like it's clearly the one that's two shades lighter than all the other rocks because <laughs> yeah. that's where the animation cell exactly, is exactly that's also, what he like. <laughs> also you're a grown-ass demon lipstick face demon how the hell are you not catching an eight-year-old boy <laughs> right like maybe if you spent less time trying to crawl along the wall oh. and ran like a normal person you'd be fine but i guess you grab his like, leg you can't hold on he's just a kid yeah he's just like blah, 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 blah. <laughs> although like the idea of something reaching out from under a bed is something that was like a very very scary thing for me as a child mm. um and i have often been yeah like very very scared i remember as a kid i was like okay if there's monsters under my bed they can't get me if i sleep right in the middle of my bed mm. because then their arms won't reach so I always like the weird psychology that went into me, like inventing this fear. <laughs> yeah. I'm scared of something, but I'm also only going to like give it so much power. Like if it was really a really real thing, it wouldn't have like short enough arms, but yeah. I was like, I'm scared, but I have a way to defeat it. So <laughs> the more face, extreme ways of doing that is pushing your bed to the wall and sleeping on the wall side. So it can't reach all the way around or even more extreme. Just get rid of the bed. Only have a mattress. If you, there's only a mattress, nothing can be under there. No, get a bed frame. <laughs> <laughs> I, my friend, I have a friend who's got a weird, uh, a weird nighttime thing. She mm. she thinks like if I'm sleeping and my neck is exposed, if an axe murderer comes in, then he's gonna like he's gonna have a clear shot. So if I have my blankets over my neck, then the axe murderer is where, where am I gonna aim? He's gonna get it. So I imagine just his axe murderer being like, yeah, yeah, here we go. Ow, what? I can't see her neck. I'm out of here. <laughs> Goodbye. Foiled by the blanket. <laughs> no one cares about. Only half decapitations. <laughs> Eyeballs up. No, thank you. <laughs> Boo. Uh, so yeah, that's. I just love the like the psychology of yeah. like a thing you're afraid of, but how you also make yourself not afraid of it. We we kind of touched on this as well. Yeah. Um. Very briefly, you, you know how in like in Poltergeist, the the clown doll scared the kid. Why is the clown doll there? Just get rid of it. No, move it away. No Don't doll. like right. But then in this movie in Insidious, Foster. He, the people right after, <laughs> right after he talked to his I mom was thinking and is like, I don't want to, I don't like, can I move rooms? I don't like it when, uh, Dalton, when Dalton's walking, walking around, around yeah, at night. Yeah. And then the next scene you see him sleeping, but then you see him wake up and his door is wide open and you see Dalton's room's door is wide open and he sees Dalton and he's obviously unsettled by it and he's freaked out. He does what any normal human being does. He closes the door and yeah. goes back to bed. I love that about this movie. It made <laughs> I, it so much more believable. I, yeah. He like, he's just like. Well, that's not okay. Close. <laughs> and then, like, I do like scared. that he that he that he has the you know he has that exact that exact fear as a little kid that I remember so primarily when you're like you close your door and then for some reason like the distance between your door and the bed may as well be thousands of yeah. miles because you just see him like take a step and then take a faster step and then run and then leap into his bed and it's just like oh I feel that so hard. Throw- Throw the blankets yep. over himself. You know, All that's, over. that's your shield. You nope. know, now the axe murderer can't get can't me. Can't get your neck. You can't see your neck. He's not going to be able to get it. <laughs> so. Stay away from my neck. <laughs> we don't We don't have just lipstick face demon. We have a couple other uh, spooks in here. So we find out that Patrick Wilson's character, Josh, is also been able to astral project. And he had his own demon, which was, uh, I don't know, Mrs. Havisham from <laughs> Great Expectations, who's just swanning around in her like bridal veil, being like, I was once quite beautiful, you know? <laughs> and and he's just like, no, I don't know that, and it, it's wrong. And and we find out that his mom has kept this like horror chest of, of photos of 
just him growing up with this like creepy old woman face uh getting clearer and clearer and like that was really unsettling and she was more scary than lipstick face demon for me um because i remember having a very very similar dream of a of an old lady like attacking me and turning me into an owl when i was little i had it like about five or six times i remember sounds like a hoot shut up (laughs) (laughs) i'll get you for that Uh, (laughs) um and yeah so she was freaky he had to have his astral projecting repressed and his memory wiped as it were to make sure she couldn't get in because we find out that he keeps astral projecting and then the connection between the demon and his body is getting stronger and eventually he can take it over. And so he has to go in and save uh, Dalton. He's mm. got to go in and, and get him from that. So we see, we see all the hits. We see the, we see the crying, the crying lady ghost. We see the like giggling Victorian, like page boy child. We yeah. see the, we, <laughs> the oh, laughing kids in a horror movie is weird. Um, we see the like weird Luke's making the horrifying smiling doll face, like the weird, like 1950s tableau of like happy people and then getting shot. And like, and then we see like the weird, uh, Johnny Depp demon, like standing at the top, who is like the mm. mini boss who's protecting, yeah. protecting the, you <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. he's the bodyguard of lipstick face demon. Right. Yeah. Did you notice? I just realized this now every other monster or entity in the movie is a person except for yeah lipstick face demon. Yeah, well, she does, like, Elise does mention that. It's like, it's just the spirits of the dead who want to experience life again. But there's also demons. Mm, and, okay. And Lipstick Face Demon is the one. Like, there's, like, you know, she's she says, like, there's spirits who are attracted to you, then there's meaner spirits, and then there's, there's something the demons. Bad. Right, right, right. Okay. And so... That makes sense. So we get to see Luke Wilson face his, you know, <laughs> fears. I'm Luke. He's Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> if only the character name was like easy to remember. So. Four letters. <laughs> Joe what did I say? You said Luke, Luke Wilson. Wilson. Oh fuck! Patrick <laughs> <laughs> <Magic> Wilson. <laughs> I don't fucking know what it's his okay. name was. It's okay. Okay. So whatever, Josh, the <laughs> man of the movie. Uh, all the men. All men look the same to me. It's, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um. So he's he's facing off against Mrs. Havisham, and uh, she's all real spooky and, and holding a candle. And then we think he banishes her, and that's like a big a big twist right at the end because he, like he's he, we see him like losing his steam after he rescues Dalton, and he gets back, and Dalton's like, "Hey, we gotta go." And and there's a scene where they separate, and we think that okay, he's just gonna come back, and then ooh, but he doesn't come back. Um, Whoa, he turns out to be the the spooky old lady freaky fridays him mm-hmm. and goes into to his body right at the end and he you know he ends up killing elise or is she dead she's dead right yeah but it's it's not josh who kills her no no it's just josh's physical body yeah josh's body miss havisham <laughs> lady doing it so uh it had to have been sequel bait from the very beginning yeah it was definitely like now there's going to be a sequel because mm-hmm. we the last shot is like uh, Renee just looking at the camera that has the picture of him and then it's like ah and surprise the end there is a sequel <laughs> yes because I know they went up to three or four four in Sid Threeus <laughs> we've talked about this <laughs> really quick before I kind of lose this train of okay. thought um so kind of what what I also really liked about this movie is I, I I found a lot of parallels 
with this movie as in real life as well. So we kind of like on a more serious note, we talk about how um, Josh as a child had all this trauma of being haunted by this older lady and Mm -hmm. how he, in order for him to, you know, protect himself, he had to suppress it a lot. But what ultimately came out in the end is um, instead of suppressing it, he needed to confront it, Mm -hmm. right? Mm. In order to save his son. And I, I, I thought that was a really kind of beautiful metaphor in like in in people's lives and that's a really deep mythical archetype right too is like facing the dragon facing the thing that you are it's the it's the king arthur and knights the round going to the darkest part of the forest because Mm -hmm. that's where they'll find what they need to find the most right like that kind of idea in the cave yeah exactly so it's like that's such a good point, Alex, because it's a movie full of subverted expectations, also giving us a very deep, like, commonality or archetype or yeah. myth. Like, but story. then subverting it again because he doesn't <laughs> banish her. <laughs> she know. actually wins. And, you know, then she, I guess, in but all But he of does his, save his son still. He saves his son. So he does half the job. Yeah, he gets halfway there. Um, but then he, I guess, in all his photos, he just has to look like Helena Bottom Carter for But it's long. cool because, like, the way it's shot we are led to believe he's actually, if you will, exercising his demons, Woo. right? Like we, we are led to believe that he beats her. Yes. But really it's a cool narrative twist to say, no, she actually realizes his body's open. She's just running to it. She's like, oh, okay. <laughs> later days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, go away. I'm not scared of you. And she's like, later okay, days. Okay, <laughs> I see what's over here. <laughs> oh, hang on. I, I'll go. And he's like, yes, I won. Mm. Oh, but, I, but you're right. Like not to deserialize the point. <laughs> or deserianize the point is that yeah it's like a, such a cool motif yeah is that he faces that deep thing that he's trying to suppress and, and run from yeah it, it, you can, i think a lot of people can you know kind of relate to that and like anyone who's gone through you know trauma as a child or as a young person mm. um you know if, if you're not taught how to deal with it in a positive way like ultimately as a defense mechanism and to protect yourself you're you kind of naturally just try to suppress everything, hmm. right? And then that's kind of that's like in therapy, you're you're learn you you learn how to talk about it and how to verbalize it and how to deal with it in other ways instead of just suppressing it. Hmm. And that's kind of confronting your past trauma instead. So I I, I thought like you know like shout out to therapy, yeah, again. shout out to therapy, and yeah, I definitely. thought th- I thought that was just like a really beautiful parallel on you know on human life well and i mean if you just even remove the entire (laughs) astral projection supernatural element of this movie like he still needs to figure out how to face um living up to being the the husband and father his family needs right yeah right like they he (laughs) renee clearly needs him in the way that someone needs a partner to be present with her yeah and he has little kids they need him around like yeah even if and 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 at the beginning, it's such a great contrast where it's not the big things that he's missing out on; it's the little things. But those are the big things, and yeah. people don't realize it. It's like, no, it's okay. It's can you just stick around? Can you either wake up early enough or stick around long enough to help me get the kids onto school? Like, there's a crying baby here and two little boys who are trying to eat breakfast. It, it, can you stick around and help, please? Right. And and so it's like in real life, it's overcoming those little things to being present. Which is, I like the touch of that because if this movie was made in like 1994, we would have seen 
a shot of him being like, I'm sorry I missed your karate recital, buddy. Like, I was stuck at work. Because yeah. like, that yeah. is how, you know, we always see the, the absentee <laughs> right, father yeah. portrayed of, like, a guy running to a school gym that's been clearly empty for hours. <laughs> yeah, there's no cars <laughs> there even. It's <laughs> the middle of the like, night. Maybe their, maybe their recital went until 10.30 p.m. I don't know. It's like... <laughs> Yeah, and I like how like it was dealt with like a much a much lighter touch, um, uh, and yeah, because he clearly cares. Like there are several scenes where he's flirting with his wife, and mm. she's flirting with him. Like they love each other. Yeah, it's clear. they just don't. They're kind of off about something, and that takes work. And he he doesn't believe his son, or he thinks something else is happening. But then once he kind of like lets his guard down, lets his heart be open and soft. It's Dalton's drawings that remind mm-hmm. him, right? Yeah. And so it's like connecting to what actually is important to him helps him go back to the path he always needed to be on. Yeah. So that was cool. I, I did, yeah, I did, I did like his journey, and then it's surprise, a weird, it's a weird hero's journey. It's a weird hero's <laughs> journey because again, this subverts the expectation. But I, I'm just, um, I'm just looking through the notes I took. Mm. Um, <laughs> fuck no, fuck no. Yeah, yeah, there's that. <laughs> okay. um, then I wrote one, <laughs> and then he gets an even bigger flashlight, which I really like that scene, <laughs> yeah. where Lee Wan L's character like picks up a flashlight, and he's like, okay, we're going to go it, look for it. And it's then not he a picks- small flashlight to begin <laughs> with. <laughs> he picks up like this this comically large flashlight, and he's just like, they just have this like little like two dudes like, hey, what's up? Mine's bigger than yours. And it's yeah. just like, that's that's all you get. And it's just like, oh, okay. Uh, and like, Tucker had a second <laughs> absurdly big flashlight <laughs> just also hiding in his bag somewhere. He was just like, don't worry. Okay. All right. Here I am at home. I'm going to I'm gonna go to the like spook house. Okay, I need my EMF reader. I need my Viewmaster. And then he looks in his closet and there's like eight giant flashlights. And he's like, hmm, one? No. I'll take the red two. one and the normal one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then he had one in each hand, and he was like, I wish I could bring a third, but I think that would be overkill. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, the, the the horrific elements of this movie are tempered by the offbeat, what the fuck are they doing this? <laughs> yeah. Right? Because it's like, look, I don't know the playbook for this kind of situation, yeah. but it really doesn't seem like this. <laughs> it seems like you're maybe not doing a great job. But yet they do a really good job. <laughs> Like that whole scene with the mask, which I can't believe I've talked about. Like the fucking, oh, fucking elephant lady yeah. <laughs> and, and the light bulbs. Like that actually worked really well. Yeah. That was a good idea. They got him on camera. They yeah. did the right thing. But like, what the hell is this? Which which reminds me, I really like the way they showed the possession. Because mm. he wasn't, it, it was clear like he wasn't fully inside Dalton. Because they have that scene yeah. where I think he smacks um owen wilson fuck it i'll just say all of them (laughs) (laughs) he he smacks his dad across the room and when they look at the camera there's a scene where it's like kid 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 and then it's like you see it's the demon like holding his hands and kind of puppeting puppeteering him (laughs) fuck so okay so I really like that. I, I thought that was really well done because then at the end when she takes a, when Elise takes a picture of mm. of Josh, it's not him at all. It's just yeah. Mrs. Havisham mm-hmm. um, swanning about in her wedding gown. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so I, I really yeah I really liked I really like that setup where they they have her in 
this very, very contrived like reason for her to have this weird gas mask on where it's like I'm going to be talking really quiet so he's going to be listening to me and he like puts on these earphones with like a vacuum hose coming out of it going into her like elephant trunk where she's speaking and I was like this is like those like pipes at a playground where you like you like like, talk into and then you listen is this supposed to be weird it was very weird this is what I mean this movie just throws in this absurd comedy at you where you you, like no one's really questioning what's happening it's like this okay well, she was right last time, so now I guess we're fucking having a seance in a in a North Korean bunker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we've got our, what the hell? Wait, why does she have a ma- gas mask? I want one too. What, yeah, what, what does she know that I? Don't? Why does she need a gas mask to talk to Steven? He's already right beside her. Yeah, how does it help her? Like, I know. and it's like the thing is, this movie doesn't explain any of this shit at all, and it shouldn't. No, it, it shouldn't. But like, I just I like the conceit of him like I'm going to take notes, and he doesn't have a notepad. He has a sketchbook and charcoals. Yeah. Like it's like why you can't just get a fucking pen. <laughs> he writes bigger the angrier things. Yeah, so- <laughs> What a good touch, though. I know. It was like, I was like, are we supposed to be like, he's possessed? Or he's just like, no, no, no. She's like, she's in caps lock. So I have to like write in caps lock right now. That like that whole sequence that it's just organized chaos. Yeah. It's so good. It worked out so well that. I know. Like we're we're laughing about it now. But in the moment, I wasn't questioning it all. It was so tense. Yeah. In the moment, I was like, wow, this is like, like. Outside of her, you know, elephant gas mask, like, like obviously something insane is happening. The bulbs are going off, and they, um, they've done this before. Who am I to question their actual exactly, projection yeah. seances? Right? They're like, no, no, this is normal. This is our first one. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna ask questions. Like, you, you're not gonna ask questions. About She's the, the expert. The She's the expert. Till you're like third or fourth one, like, right? Like, I don't know. It's like, hey, maybe next time we don't use the mask. Okay, no, that's cool. Sorry, it's your process. <laughs> Um, so good. But yeah, speaking back to that scene where it's just like circling around them. And I made a comment when we were watching it that like, you see so much of the room behind them that I was just like, I was ready for there to be the demon behind one of them and like see that face against, because we got that jump scare in the daytime in the daytime safe (laughs) moment when it daytime, (laughs) not safe. And you know, so I was ready to see a demon be behind them and see that. And she's just like, you know, writing and saying like i hate you i hate you i'm you're all you suck innards to guts, with you innards guts, rip tear yeah come you know come to my weird cavern um and yeah it was just it was very absurd and i think you're right because it was like goofy almost that you're like it's like this is comedic but i feel bad laughing about it mm-hmm. and i shouldn't laugh about it well because it's still tense mm-hmm. like and the light bulbs a, it's are a serious going moment as well because yeah. they're trying mm-hmm. to talk to the sun yeah but uh, I just, I think I would love to hear, uh, maybe I'll be interested in, in going to watch YouTube interviews with Lee Winnell mm-hmm. because this is just the manipulation of like, okay, I know this is how you feel at this point in a horror movie. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to tweak this knob on the dial just this much to manipulate your emotions just this much so that almost the whole movie, you're a little bit off kilter from what you normally feel when you're watching a horror movie so that you're going to remember my movie (laughs) because like, it's just, this is going to stick with me. There are seance scenes in other movies without an elephant gas mask, but I don't remember them as well. (laughs) True, Right. There are other possession movies, um, with demons, but I don't remember them dancing to be, I remember this one dancing to tip to throw through the tulip. Like there's just these kind of like, uh, I, there's just a word like for mind it. Mind worms or like there, mind spikes yeah, or there's something. A, there's yeah. a word for it where 
you still have an overwhelming emotion, mm-hmm. but you still have an undercurrent of one that's like not completely different, but just a different category. It's like huh. scared and weird. Yes. So I'm temp. My weird. Yeah. My fear is tempered because I don't know what's happening. Like, I'm confused almost. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. am I supposed to be scared or confused right now? Scare fusion. Yeah. And so, like, th- it's, it's just, you're just, well, okay, I guess I'll just keep watching. Yeah. Because, like, <laughs> what's going to happen? They yeah. have to resolve this. And then, boom, jump scare. Oh, I'm scared again. Oh, yeah. A lot of prepared piano. A lot of, like, clangy, clangy piano and, and strings modified and stuff. That was, it was good sound. Good sound design. Loved it. I, it's just, uh, it was good. Yeah. It was good. I was, um, you know, I was scared of what were happening, but, but talking about it is really helpful to t- like talk about it after. And, you know, again, there's really nothing to fear if the person's name <laughs> is Lipstick Face Demon. Yeah. Can't catch an eight-year-old. <sighs> yeah. Boo, you suck, Lipstick Face Demon. But I think that's all there is to say about that. I don't know. We've we've been talking now for an hour and 15, according to the, the time. Yeah. Which is almost the runtime of the movie. We're a bit, we're a bit short, but... Um, but yeah, is there any final thoughts about Insidious Chapter One? Uh, one Insidious. Before I, I, I want to like a thing about the movie. Just I liked the kind of reflection of the detachment of the astral plane with the, a lot of shots of just kind of the loneliness of the house. Yeah, the loneliness of Renee. There's just a lot of like kind of oh, even with even with Josh, you're like I'm kind of more observing as opposed to being involved in something. Oh yeah. And it's, it's and, interesting and like too about those, the shots of the house. I, I didn't really think about it until you brought it up, but about it being alone. Like when you see the house in, you know, the normal world, it's in a neighborhood. There's houses to the left and to the right. Yeah. Mm. But then in those, uh, you know, the, the further shots of yeah, the house, it was just that it, you only yeah. see yeah. the house down. and it's only focusing on that house and you don't see anything <laughs> yeah. on either side of it. So yeah, mm. that's, that's really interesting. And, that is and interesting. I, and I think the movie also did this by manipulating the color palette. I don't know. The, yep. the filtering of this movie was kind of bluey yeah. and kind of not dark, but definitely not vibrant until there was like a red face in front of you kind of thing. It was very stark. So yeah. yeah, that contrast is good. And also I love, and it's not just this movie, but the way that they filmed the eyes, like there's always like that shining, almost replicant style look in people's oh, yeah, eyes yeah, throughout yeah. the movie. And even, and because of that and all the eyes are like that, you're looking for faces in scenes where there aren't any. Yeah. yeah like the trees. You, I did Although the trees are when they're actually astral projecting, which is cool. So like mm. on a rewatch, yeah. there's a few scenes where you see the wind in the trees and you're like, well, where's the monster? But it's actually when they're leaving their body oh, or weird. it's supposed to represent cool. that. Right. Oh, so. that's interesting. Yeah. I didn't, again, didn't pick up on that because I was just like, I don't know what's, I don't know what to filter. Neither did this. I. Yeah. I mean, that's all rewatching and knowing what's happening in an earlier scene because you know what happens at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, I don't know, like the color palette was cool too. It was cool. Like you're right though. It was very vivid. I think the, the first time in the, in, in the daytime safe moment where we <laughs> see his very vibrant, stark red and black Darth Maul face for the first time, that's that is really scary because you're right. Yeah, all the other colors are pretty washed out. Like she doesn't wear anything really bright or fancy. He's always wearing just like a regular white dude flannel shirt. Yeah. And the filters they're using and it's, even tamper yeah, those it tampers down. all that down. Um, 
Yeah, so the first time you see it, it's just it's, it's a like a very beigey, bluey yeah. movie. Yeah, it's like a video game from the mid two thousands. Everything exactly. is beige and washed out. Yeah, they they uh they edited this entire movie with like the the perfect Instagram filter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Clarendon, no. Uh, vivid no um yeah alex what are you except the evil red (laughs) all the evil red was vibrant it was super they they cranked the reds super high uh alex final thoughts uh final thoughts kind of rank it you know just kind of bringing it back to how i opened it up um i i genuinely believe and feel that horror movies are best enjoyed Hmm. within a social gathering kind of thing in groups of people and especially people that you really enjoy the company of so, you know, I think watching it a second time, it, I, I, like, I still enjoyed the movie, but it hit in a different way because, like, being able to see your reaction and then Luke's reaction to your reaction, <laughs> um, it, it made it, like... And what, then your reaction to my reaction to yeah. Billy's reaction. Oh, so many reactions. Yeah, it, it just made All it... All I got was my reactions. <laughs> <laughs> it made it really enjoyable, and, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's really it. Hmm. Uh, if you're if you're not into horror movies, watch them with a group of your friends. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Best enjoyed uh, together. I think it was it was it was great. So, uh, yeah, I guess we'll we'll hop over to our ranking section of this one. Uh, Luke, having seen it the most, I'd like you to rank first, uh, please. Okay. Um, I think I would say Insidious, the movie. Like Insidious, the horror movie, I would give three out of five. But Insidious, the self-aware Lee Winnell meta commentary on horror genre, I'm going to give four out of five. Okay, so an <laughs> average of three point five out of five. <laughs> sure, yeah. Because <laughs> to me, those are two slightly different things. Sure. Okay, I can I can dig that. All right. What about you, Alex? Yeah. Um, I have very little to no negative things to say about this movie outside of like the kind of absurd things that we kind of talked about, but they worked in, in this movie, right? Mm. The CGI um, was the biggest. I, I, think I think so. Yeah. The CGI was definitely the biggest thing that kind of threw me off and was like, Oh, like I'm kind of out of the moment now. But outside of that, you know, I, I liked it a lot. This was, it, this is a genuinely scary movie mm. um, yes. out of like by far the scariest movie that we've, yeah. we've seen so far. Um, I liked it a lot. I'm going to give this, Four and a half out of five. Woo. Four and a half. All right. Uh, yeah, I really, I think uh, there's so many creaky chairs in this episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> or is it the, door. the visitor cra- creaking his weird fingernails? <laughs> ah! So I think the 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 scary part ends at the right time. Mm. Like the, the fear ramps up right until we see Lipstick Face Demon in full. And it's just like, wait. He is not that scary. And then like, you but know, I still don't want him chasing me. I still don't want him chasing me. I'm not cool. Like I don't want to invite you over, but like you, you stay over in your cave right. and chill. Um, but like, I feel like it did a really good job of ratcheting the tension up and then letting it off. Um, and then, so at the end when they're like running and all the like ghosts are closing in on them, it's not like it wasn't as scary. That part wasn't as scary to me. It was, um, it was just like, okay, yeah, they're, they're trying to get away and we have to, we know they have to complete this task, blah, blah, blah. So I really liked the way it was paced. I liked all the acting. I liked the story. I liked the corrections it made for other, uh, horror movie plots. And yeah, I think a solid four out of five mm. for me on this one, uh, very highly recommended. Um, I would probably not right away watch it again but i would definitely not be opposed to watching this a second time to catch some of those things that you pointed out what about you alex i 
I would want to watch the sequel. I haven't seen the second one yet. And mm. I think, like, the way this movie ends, like, ob- it's very obvious that they wanted, like, this to have a sequel, right? Yeah. Just well, by the way it was written. and the It way- was made in 2010, the time when no movie could ever just end. It was always sequel, baby. Yeah. 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 But, like, I, I'm... It hooked me in. This movie hooked me in that I want to continue to watch what and see what happens in the next one. Oh, you want to see the sequel? I do, yeah. Nice. Would you watch Insidious again? Uh, Insidious 1? Yeah, absolutely. Um, like, this was my second time, and I enjoyed it just as much as the first time. And uh, definitely, I wouldn't watch it by myself. This is not something I would watch mm. uh, for a third time by myself. I would still want to, you know, be, be around a group of people so that, you know, we can keep each other safe. Mm-hmm. Daytime safe. Daytime safe. Um, yeah, I think... I agree. I don't think I would ever be a person who would just like throw a horror movie on just to watch it. Mm-hmm. Like, I think you need to watch it. But what about you, Luke? Would you watch this again for like the eighth or ninth time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, I already have. You like it. So yeah. I, I like watching other people's reaction to it. And I do, I like, I like it because it's like, there's, there's fun little things to pick up on that aren't just like what you're seeing, but it's like, oh, mm-hmm. how it relates to other things. Uh, so yeah, I would watch it again. I have a question, though. I just realized something. We've basically spent almost an hour and a half saying positive things about this movie, but we didn't. None of us gave it a perfect rating. So, if we could, Mm. not to be negative, but like, was there one? What was something about this movie you didn't like? Uh, I think I would. I would definitely like for there to have been either not that scene of the CGI, like the Mm. demon, okay, coming, uh, the the thing crawling across the the side of the wall, was. Like, obviously, the, the production didn't have enough money to make that look really good, and I don't know if it was rushed or it was a late edition, but it just totally, it took all the, like, fear out of that demon. Mm-hmm. Like, if he was just, even if he was just, like, crawling on all fours on the floor, that would have still been, like, really scary. But, like, the mm-hmm. fact that he's, like, crawling along the wall, I was like, okay. So that's probably the biggest detractor I would have. Okay. Yeah, Um, kind of echoing on what Billy just said is, I think, like, I I could I couldn't tell that the lipstick face demon was CGI, <laughs> so I assume it was all puppet like and prosthetics, right? Up until that point, it so was I, practical, yeah. Yeah, so I think if they left it as a practical effect and did something along that line, it, I, it, I would have stayed more in the moment. Um, another thing that you know might have detracted from the score a bit is um, that his his layer, like kind of the <laughs> the absurdity of it, really yeah, right. made it so he wasn't as mysterious and like, like you didn't know his, like, I still don't know his intentions or his motives, but like, I know that he's weird. Mm. Yeah. Right. You're and like, it like, I know weird. And that weirdness takes away from the fear. Mm. Yeah. Yep. So I th- think though, for me, yeah. I, 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 your point is, is totally your point. But I think for me, I was like, yeah, I <laughs> like that we got to see this because it made him less scary again. Yeah. Like it, 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 it took the, and then he took the te- took the teeth out, of him, took the claws out of him, even though we got to see the claws. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, he he has a podcast called Nothing Too Weird. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow, that's funny. Oh, it's been off. Thanks. Um, yeah, I I think the plot was written really great. I I found, I thought Rose Byrne did an amazing job the whole movie. Wonderful. And I thought Patrick Wilson did a good job for about three quarters of the movie. There were just some, like, I found some parts of his acting were just a little wooden in this movie. Mm, there was some yeah. acting, and and I think he's a great actor. I mean, if you've ever seen season two of Fargo, like, he's great. He fucking blows it out of the water in that role. And so I think he's a great actor. I just, I wonder at, like, some of the, maybe the script that was written for him just felt not 
not bad, but like when he's in all these scenes with Rose Byrne, who's killing it. And like, I'm really feeling viscerally her despair and her anxiety. And I just not getting that sort of same visceral sense from him. Mm-hmm. So I think that would be my nitpicking right. quip is like, uh, Patrick Wilson, you can do a little bit better than this. I think. Okay. Yeah. I, I agree with that. So yeah, that was yeah very interesting. I, yeah. Not a lot to, to pick apart, but no. Still not. I don't want to. I, I don't know. Maybe I just don't want to give a movie a five out of five. But uh, no, no, no. And that's I fair. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because you once you give it five out of five, that's your that's the that's, that's your the standard, standard right? Yeah. But like I just my, realized my we standards didn't, change all the time. We didn't say anything we didn't like. The no, whole time, and I think there so. was like it was the mark of a really good movie is like how much more you talk about the good parts. I was drawn. Yeah, I was yeah, drawn right. into it, and I was like involved, so I didn't notice all the holes. Like with Poltergeist, with Carrie, with Exorcist, there was enough like space for me to be like, wait a minute, there's a like there's a plot hole here, and like you can expand on that. And I think that yeah, so like there there wasn't enough like I was always I was in I was in for the ride, not to be not to be scared. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was Insidious. I did it. <laughs> I made it through. Ooh, good job, Billy. And if that's not something to cheer, is this that next the- <laughs> section is going to blow your mind. Is that the scariest movie you've ever seen? Absolutely. Uh, no, the first Paranormal Activity still scared oh, okay. me more. Uh, so I'm not looking forward to getting it back. And um, <laughs> spoiler alert for next week, still not ready for watching Hereditary. <laughs> It's not happening. That's not hereditary. That's not That's hereditary. Not happening. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's let's talk about uh, something mm. to cheer. Something to cheer. I have something if you need a minute to think, if yeah. you'd like. Yeah, yeah. Um, something to cheer for me this week is again. I'm just really loving watching The Expanse, which mm. you can find on Amazon in Canada. It's a cool sci-fi uh, sort of political drama mixed with maybe aliens, maybe future tech, and it's just. Uh, I'm digging that, so that's my that's my my cheer. Woo, <laughs> Alex, do you got a cheer? Yeah, um, I've just been on my free time, which is you know almost all the time. I've been rewatching Community, nice, um, and I haven't seen it in like since season one came out. Oh wow! Like, or it's been a long time since I watched it, and um, just the absurdity of it and the humor of it, and it <laughs> there was a there was a brief second like I hate. I hated school. I hated going to school. I hated yeah, yeah everything about it. But f- watching Community, there was a brief second where I was like, I wish I was back in college. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that was that was a nice little little thought. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Luke, what about you? What are you cheering? Uh, I am excited about the fact that there is a tangible return to play for the NHL and oh, hockey yeah. <laughs> so that yeah. the NHL playoffs will hopefully get into full swing in mid to late July. <laughs> you are, are you full of, are you fed up of watching German Bundesliga yeah. soccer games with no fans and in stadiums? I am doubly excited and cheering this because my favorite team is the Montreal Canadiens who oh, yeah. were, they had like a 4% chance of making the playoffs before this, but now because of this, they are included in the play-in. They are the 24th out of 24 teams that it's included. <laughs> so, Le Habitant, the drive for 25 is still alive, baby. <laughs> we're 24 we're 24 (laughs) so that's great they have a they have a winning percentage of 500 and they get to be in the playoffs 500 percent. that seems like a lot i don't know anything about sports though (laughs) well that'll bring us to the end of another episode of nothing to fear i had a lot of fun uh luke do you want to plug anything anything you're working on any social medias uh your other projects uh just my other pod uh 
Good, good. You're nailing this plug. You're doing it. Uh, yeah, just the other podcast I do is called Really True Fiction. Um, you can find it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Android or wherever you downloaded other, this one. Uh, yeah, exactly. That one. And uh, you can find it Really True Fiction on Facebook, uh, Really True Fiction Gmail dot com. Um, but yeah, we're just about to launch. Well, okay. It doesn't matter what episode number I say because by the time this one comes out, <laughs> yeah. it's going to be a way later time. Anyway, we're going to launch a new episode. Wow. <laughs> that's weekly? That's every Monday yeah, yeah, or something? Yeah, that's a weekly, yeah. Alex, do you want to plug anything? Do you want to um, hit anything up? Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this. Uh, I hope I hope you all enjoy it. Um, I don't really have anything to plug, but um, sure. I would really appreciate any feedback on my end. Mm. So if any of you have anything you want to say to me, Feel free to put it into this next plug. Oh, oh hang on. I'm sorry. Addendum. Addendum. Uh, I do know that listening to podcasts, there's so many out there and, and uh, attention and bandwidth. There's only so much. So we really appreciate you listening. It yeah, means a lot. You. It means a lot to have uh, a listener, even someone who cares enough about our <laughs> bullshit thoughts and <laughs> stupid ideas and quirky, you know, even one takes our listener yeah so thank you yeah thank you and if you want um you know you can like this um you can like this podcast you can leave a review a five-star review helps podcast move up the charts we're very new and very very green and uh i'm still having a lot of fun uh you can follow me on instagram i'm at uh, billy by design there's underscores between each uh word and billy is spelled with an ie and yeah, if you like what you hear, we'd love to hear from people listening and, and get feedback. And uh, yeah, thank you everyone for joining us and we'll see you next week. The end. The end. The right. end. We did it. Fiend. Fiend. Lipstick face demon. Nothing to Fear is hosted by Billy Schultz with Luke Mason and Alex Wan. Our logo was designed by Katie Rogers. Check out her work at put underscore that down on Instagram. Our theme song was composed by our very own Alex Wan. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at nothing to fear podcast, or feel free to send us an email at nothing to fear podcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. Please consider leaving us a rating and review on Apple podcasts or wherever you downloaded your podcast uh, to help us move up the charts. It really makes it visible for a new podcast to get up there. And we appreciate it a lot. Thank you again for listening. And remember, they're just movies. There's nothing to fear.